Hello. Welcome to Strange Sound. This is Joe. Glad to have you with me. Um, here we are on, I believe it is January 9th. Um, not when this is being dropped, of course. This is when I'm recording it. I usually record it, as I've said in previous episodes. I record on Saturdays and I drop on Mondays. Saturday, record. Monday, drop. That's the routine. And I hope you're doing okay out there. Not the best of times. Um, close to the worst of times. Um, to modify a line from Charles Dickens. <laughs> it's the best of times. It's not the best of times. It's the worst of times. Uh, standard disclaimer. Uh, the opinions expressed on Strange Sound are my own, mine alone. Let me put it this way. They do not reflect the opinions of anyone I'm associated with, not my employer, not my friends, not my family, not my neighbors, not my, uh, you know, social media associates, not people who either follow me or whom I follow on social media. Nobody agrees with me. Nobody. Just exercising my First Amendment right to free speech. About the only thing that's free in America. Speech. And here's a little bit more of it. Indeed. Glad to have you with me. Um, yes, this has been a, uh, a difficult week. Um, I say this every time just because the weeks keep staying difficult and in some ways getting worse. Um, certainly getting worse on the COVID front. Uh, I believe a couple of days ago, I haven't seen the most recent figures, but uh, a couple of days ago, we broke 4,000 deaths in a single day to COVID, perhaps reflecting the uh, post-Christmas holiday um, surge that's been expected um, since before the Christmas holiday. It has been uh, kind of nervously anticipated by people uh, across the country um, just because of the level of travel and the uh, degree of, let's say, tiredness. <laughs> People are tiring of having to uh, put up with these uh, with these social distancing restrictions, the masks, the um, the precautions, the various protocols related to um, preventing spread of the virus, and uh, and. People wanted to go home for Christmas and celebrate and see their families and see their friends and do the things that they usually do um, around the holidays, whether it be Christmas or Hanukkah or Kwanzaa or or uh, whatever people celebrate, Festivus perhaps. And uh, yeah, uh, we appear to be seeing some of the uh, some of the slapback from that. Not a good thing. Not a good thing at all. More than 4,000 deaths. I think it was the day that um, the Houses of Congress were stormed by a group of racist thugs. Um, yeah, I think it might have been that same day. Meanwhile, right? Meanwhile, while these people were rushing the nation's capital, <laughs> 4,000 people were dying. Across the country, 
of COVID, um, the disease that uh, was allowed to run rampant by their uh, hair-headed furor, um, their clown furor. Yes, quite a week, quite a week indeed. So, I mean, what am I going to talk about this week? I, I sometimes take a departure and just don't concentrate on the shiny object, but I have to say, uh, I, along with just about everybody else he can name in this country, was um, shaken, upset, angered, more infuriated than saddened, but saddened too, uh, to see a MAGA crowd of the type that we've seen at Trump rallies and other events um, over the last four years, to see that crowd descend on the uh, the Congress of the United States, on the Capitol building. Um, and I, <laughs> I agree with those on the left that say, you know, we shouldn't fetish it we shouldn't fetishize these institutions as something that's particularly sacrosanct, but this is the center of our government. This is the center of our government, and this is the sovereign government of the United States. I have a lot of issues with our government. I have a lot of problems with the way our government is comported. I have a lot of problems with the way that it works and the undemocratic nature of it. I also have a lot of problems with the idea of of um, so much power residing in the federal government, and 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 I, I'm of the opinion that a lot of progressive change should happen um, on a local level where people have some control over it, where there are that we should be building institutions. Uh, progressive social institutions at a ground level. I think that the federal government can play a role in that, an important role in that. And of course, the federal government is is the funding mechanism for everything. And I do mean everything because they are the controllers of the currency. They print the stuff. <laughs> they create value. <laughs> they create the currency. So, uh, yeah, I... I have, anyone who listens to this podcast knows that I have a lot of issues with the way the American government works, the way we elect our leaders, the way we elect our legislators, um, and so on and so forth. In fact, the, uh, the constitutional process that was interrupted on Wednesday by the mob, um, by the MAGA mob, uh, is, in my opinion, an Ill- illegitimate one, but it is our process. It is our constitutional process. We're stuck with it until we can get it together enough to change it. That's the way this government works. That's the way all governments work. I'm as far to the left as practically anybody I've ever met. And again, I don't fetishize our constitution, but it is the guiding document um, of our nation as far as governance is concerned. And we are stuck with it. 
And we have had to hammer away at it for two centuries to try to make it more egalitarian. At least people on our side of the divide have. And that's been reflected in different parties over the years and in different outside groups and in different ways, right? Different movements, different tendencies over the centuries. But this, this is the regime that we have. Um, a lot of my friends on the left prefer to basically take an attitude that, well, you know, whatever happens in government is really no concern of mine. It's, it's not legitimate. Uh, when the revolution comes, everything's going to be different. That's not going to happen. <laughs> it's just not going to happen, right? We're not going to overthrow the constitutional government of the United States. Not in any of our lifetimes. And I wouldn't recommend that people waste their energy on that. Because it is a system that can change. We can change it. It would be much easier to expend our, and much more productive, to expend our energy on organizing people at the ground level and taking the power that we build through local institutions and uh, and using that power to make change in a, in a, um, in a comprehensive and uh, effective way. Um, I'm not saying that we don't need visionary thinkers on the left. I think we do. I think we need people who can envision a different, uh, who can create a different vision of society, um, who can envision these uh, these progressive institutions and help bring them into being. But I think the things that, you know, I, I kind of um, agree with uh, Richard Wolff um, and folks like him who are busily sort of trying to bring about, um, in his case, the co-op sector, you know, um, trying to build that from the ground up I think that's a really worthy project. You know, I think we need to start making these things happen on a on a local level, and uh, but not losing track of what's happening on the federal level and the state level and all that um, in our formal forms of government, our constitutional government. So our constitutional government is a thing. It's kind of a straight jacket in a lot of ways. Um, it has some good points. It has a lot of bad points. We need to work on it. And uh, for the foreseeable future, we're, we're kind of locked into it. But I think we can do a lot within the context of that and around it, outside of the context of it, um, without subjecting um, the people of, of America, citizens and non-citizens, to the upheaval and the, and the pain of, uh, of a revolution, right? Not that any such thing is, is practicable or, or possible, um, but even if, they, even if that were possible, revolutions are painful, bloody affairs. And you never know where they're going to end up. So, yeah, when I um, 
When I say that I was upset to see people storming the Capitol, it wasn't because I fetishized these institutions of power. I understand them. I think I understand them fairly well for a layperson. And um, they are what we have. They are the way that that we kind of govern ourselves on a national level. That's what we have, and we have to sort of work within that framework and try to make it more democratic and try to make it more responsive. But just because I have my complaints about the government doesn't mean I want a bunch of plug-brained idiots to run in there and smash it up and threaten the elected representatives of the government and the people who work for the government, the people who work in that building who aren't elected representatives, who don't deserve to be smashed up, who don't deserve to be killed. Five people died because of this, including one Capitol Police officer, and several were injured. Some of the footage is really sickening to see what happened to people, including some of these uh, uh, Capitol Police officers. And again, I'm not one of these kind of Blue Lives Matter people. You know, I don't think anybody should be hurt, frankly. Um, and I, you know, in those moments, you know, when that Capitol Police officer is being crushed in that doorway, he's a human being. <laughs> I hate to see that. It's heartbreaking. And it's, it's infuriating. And, you know, bear in mind, this is a bunch of people stoked up by the president and by Rudy Giuliani and by the president's mutant son to go storm the Capitol and to play out their QAnon fantasies, including some jackass who went in there with zip ties, apparently ready to ready to take a bunch of people hostage. They had a plan, no question about it. They had inside information, no question about it. They knew right where to go. They knew where to find uh, Clyburn's office on the third floor. It's not public information. It's not the official, you know, majority whip's office, you know, just off of the um, house chamber. This is his main office up on, on the, I think it's on the third floor. They knew right where to go. They knew right where to find him. It's not marked. These people had knowledge. At least a certain number of them did. And, and mind you, this is, a, this is a crowd of thousands and thousands of people. They came from all over the country. Some of them bust in by, you know, Charlie Kirk's people and other groups. This is something that had been whipped up for months. Trump has been tweeting about it for months. It was going to be a wild time, remember? That wasn't that long ago that he tweeted that. January 6th is going to be wild. <sighs> it's a fucking outrage. I was watching this. I mean, I was actually working from home that day. I was upstairs at my workstation. I was working away. And my wife had MSNBC on downstairs. Um, and she was listening to the proceedings, watching one of the sh one of the horrible shows like Chuck Todd or somebody, Meet the Press Daily or whatever the fuck it is. <laughs> Some horrible show. And uh, they were following the proceedings of the um, 
electoral vote count, official count in the joint session of Congress that was going on, and they had challenged the vote, the vote count in Arizona. And throughout that process, uh, I kept hearing them being interrupted and saying, you know, whoever was speaking, you know, was interrupted by another correspondent saying, I'm sorry, I'm sorry to interrupt, but we, we have news that uh, Mike Pence has been rushed from the building. <laughs> and they started showing these shots of the outside of the Capitol. I remember coming downstairs and looking at the television and seeing this crowd, this huge crowd of MAGA-hatted, you know, crazy people, some in bizarre-ass costumes like some guy in a, in like a kind of a superhero getup, you know, standing up on the balcony in the front of the of the Capitol building. I'm not sure what they call that. It's like the big portico. Um, it, it just, you know, everybody dressed up like something. And at that point, people were just like, you know, they were up those stairs and they were surrounding the building. And I was, I was looking at that and I, I was kind of gobsmacked. I was just looking at that thing. What the hell? What the hell? And maybe you had the same reaction. I mean, my reaction was like, how, how is it that they got even that close? I mean, for Christ's sake. You know, when Trump called out, when Trump and Barr called out the, um, I think it was the National Guard and the, the um, city police and units of the, of the army, I think, just to, to push back peaceful protesters on Pennsylvania Avenue near Lafayette Park just so that Trump could walk across the street and hold a Bible upside down for a photo op so that they can do a little parade out there and look tough. They looked real tough. But they sent like an army out against these peaceful protesters and pushed them back and clubbed them and gassed them. I mean, they certainly have the means at their disposal to do this sort of thing, right? And you would think at the center of our government, the legislative branch of government, the capital of the United States, the Capitol building, you know, which at that time had all members of both the Senate and the House inside the building, plus the vice president presiding over a joint session of Congress, undertaking a constitutional process that is really the final step in confirming the results of the November election. And again, I've got nothing but criticism for the Electoral College, but that's the system we have. And that's part of the process. And they were working through that. And a bunch of House Republicans, 140 of them, were set to um, challenge the results from certain states, swing states that they didn't agree with. Swing states whose uh, certified results they did not agree with. Now, mind you, this entire rally and these Republican members in both the House and the Senate, the 13 or so in the Senate and the 140 in the House, they're doing this because they lost the election. They lost the November election. They fucking lost. 
Trump fucking lost. And he's been whining about it ever since. Suck it up. They keep saying it's, it's, they're stealing the election. It's fake. It's this. It's that. No evidence. No justification. Gone in front of the courts, including courts that they've stacked with their right-wing judges. Gone before all of their judges. Knocked back every single time. No evidence. No evidence. Zero. Zip. A bunch of conspiracy theories. The usual crap that fuels these thugs. These delusional thugs that came storming up Pennsylvania Avenue and invaded the Capitol, smashing windows and smashing open the doors, invading the House chamber, overpowering the guards and the Capitol Police because there were so many of them. There were thousands of them. The Capitol Police just weren't prepared. I mean, again, I, I think at a certain level, at the command level, at the command and control level, they looked at this and they were like, oh, this is a bunch of white people. Yeah, we don't have to worry about this. This is a bunch of Trump supporters. Now, this will be okay. They're just going to come and make some noise. Big deal. They completely underestimated what was going to happen. And they left their officers. And again, you know, I know there's video of a, a Capitol Police officer taking a selfie with somebody. I don't know what the circumstances of that were. You know, maybe there are members of the Capitol Police that are simpatico with the MAGA people. Maybe not. Maybe that's, uh, you know, maybe that's just a tactical uh, attempt at, you know, keeping them from, from, from being too antagonistic when you're completely outnumbered. I have no idea. <laughs> One way or the other. They were just woefully unprepared for this. And it's just, I, I can't even describe to you what my shock at, at seeing this happen. I mean, it's been said a million times. If these were black people, they wouldn't have gotten within a block of the place before they would have been pushed back and turned away and gassed and shot. And somebody did get shot. But it wasn't until they were trying to break into the speaker's gallery or foyer or whatever the hell it is. That woman was trying to push her way through that door along with a bunch of other people. And the cops shot. I mean, this is (laughs) last ditch, right? They still had about 30 members of the House in the House chamber at that point. And they had to usher them out rather quickly. Uh, if you listen to Michael Moore's podcast, uh, Rumble, he posted an episode where he's talking to um, Representative Dan Kildee, who represents uh, Flint, Michigan, and, and areas around around Flint, um, the fifth district, I think, in Michigan. And he describes what what happened. He was part of that group that was left behind. Uh, they initially brought most of the legislators out as soon as there was trouble. First, they they brought uh, Nancy Pelosi out of there. I mean, they got Pence out of there pretty quickly. And some of these people were coming for Pence. 
you know, they wanted they wanted Pence because he didn't do what they wanted him to do, which is just insane. Uh, but uh, I think the first thing they did was they took the leadership out. They they brought um, all the leaders out, Nancy Pelosi and and the the leaders of the Senate and and uh, Steny Hoyer and the Republican leader McCarthy and I think they brought Steve Scalise out and they they took them to the secure location wherever that may be. Um, and then they came back, and I think they I think they emptied out a bunch of other people. I know that Ilhan Omar said that um, Capitol Police sort of uh, scurried her out of there quickly when they knew that there was trouble uh, because she has some active threats against her life already, just as a matter of course, thanks to the fact that the president has personally targeted her and that her own caucus kind of threw under the bus more than once. Uh, so, you know, her life has been under threat pretty much constantly since she became a congresswoman. But, uh, yeah, they they got everybody out of there. It's kind of a miracle that none of them were harmed in any serious way. Uh, and uh, it's it's a miracle. Many people have said that it's a miracle that a lot more people weren't killed. But a lot of these people walked. Some are in custody. The guy who took over, uh, who was like sitting in Pelosi's chair in her office, he's been arrested. I don't know. I think the maybe the guy with the ridiculous helmet on, the, the QAnon shaman, whatever the hell his name is, he may have been arrested. He's certainly known. He's a known entity um, amongst these right-wingers. He's, you know, not anyone new to them. They know who he is and where to find him. But a lot of these people uh, walked. Uh, Dan Kildee in this uh, interview, you should listen to it actually, um, if you haven't heard it, said that some of his colleagues in the House, some of the newer members who were staying in hotels waiting for um, residences to become available for them, went back to their hotels at the end of the day. And uh, one of them said that they, the hotel they were staying in, uh, in, the, in the lounge were a bunch of these, these people, you know, smoking cigars and having a great time, uh, sort of celebrating, trading their war stories. Completely unmolested. <laughs> I mean, they did arrest a number of people, several score people, right? Maybe 60 people that night. But they were mostly people who were breaking the curfew. Um, so they just kind of rounded them up. But how many of those people, aside from the really prominent ones, um, got hauled away to the pokey? Now, these people have been described as insurrectionists. Okay, very good. This was a coup. This was an attempted coup. I don't know how else you can possibly describe it. It's the President of the United States fomented this, organized it, called people to Washington, rallied them, revved them up, and sent them up the street. And then they went in and they trashed the Capitol building, looking for people to, to um, bind in zip ties and do God knows what to. 
after Don Jr. said, we're coming for you. We're coming for you? They should be coming for him right now. Why the fuck does that guy walk free? Why the fuck do the people at that rally walk free? Those people inside that legislative chamber, when they came back after that place had been trashed and then finally cleared of the insurrectionists, what did they do? They fucking did the same thing they they were doing before. 140 of those House members, they voted to challenge the results of an election that was never in doubt. An election that was clearly won by Biden. Not even close. Not even close. They just can't accept the fact that they lost. They can't accept it. And they're setting the precedent for not accepting it in the future. So every electoral outcome, regardless of how legitimate, regardless of how large, is going to be questioned from now on. Because they've set that precedent. Oh, it's rigged. Oh, there's voter fraud. Bullshit. No proof. No evidence. A bunch of fairy tales. And when they point to when they try to point to voter fraud, what they do is they point at people of color. They point to voting districts that are largely people of color. That's what they have the complaint with. White districts, they don't care about that. Was anybody challenging the vote totals from Alabama? No. I mean, there's real questions about uh, of legitimacy in a state like Alabama, frankly. Voter suppression. A place like Mississippi, voter suppression. Lots of it. Trying to minimize people's ability to even get registered to vote. They close DMVs all across Mississippi. They make it hard for people to vote in those places, particularly people of color. Same thing in North Carolina. They did the same thing. States all across the Union, they've done the same thing. Particularly since they struck down that that, uh, section of the Voting Rights Act. Uh, They've just gone crazy with these voter restrictions. Same thing in Texas. I mean, they kept a lot of people from voting in Texas, too. Anyone challenge that? Nope. (laughs) And the fact is, you can't really, there's certain things that you can't really do anything about at that stage, right? I mean, you can't, once the vote is in, if they kept people from voting, if they struck people from the rolls, like they did in in Georgia, they struck like 200,000 people from the voter rolls in Georgia, saying that they moved when they hadn't. Now, I don't know if some of those people re-registered after the fact. I certainly hope so. But they struck 200,000 people from the voter rolls. It's the same thing that they do in all of these states. That's what they did in Florida in advance of the 2000 race. Catherine Harris. Remember? They struck a bunch of people from the voter rolls. And that won the election for George W. Bush, essentially. By a little over 500 votes in Florida. That was close. And yeah, people did challenge that, but it wasn't anything like this. I mean, it took a long time to to straighten it out. But honestly, this election has been held in limbo by the president on the basis of nothing 
just his big, fat, dumbass mouth for the last three months leading up to the election and through the election and following the election. Just been bloviating, claiming that he won by a landslide and that it's a cheat. It's a scam. We got cheated. Because he can't admit that he just fucking lost because not enough people voted for him. So he's taking the autocrat's route. And he's showing future autocrats how to do it. He's showing the Josh Hollies of the world how to do it. He's showing the uh, Tom Cottons of the world how to do it. I personally think not only should they impeach the president or proceed with uh, article, uh, not article, proceed with the tw- 25th Amendment provisions, um, Congress can actually set up a body to expel the president to remove the president from power. That's one of the provisions of the 25th amendment. It doesn't have to be the cabinet. It can be some other body that, that the Congress establishes. Now this is the, the current Congress, not the new Congress with, (laughs) with the new uh, democratic majority in the Senate. So it's unlikely that, Mitch McConnell would agree to that, right? But um, it's probably a closer bet than something like impeachment, which is is going to take a long time. And uh, not that it isn't worth doing. I think they should do that. But you know what else I think they should do? I think they should look into unseating and expelling some of these members in the House that were at least the leadership of this group of of Congress people who sympathized with the insurrectionists because basically they did what is essentially barred by, I think it's the 14th Amendment, has a provision barring um, or allowing the unseating of um, any members of Congress who sided with insurrectionists. I think they should try. Mo Brooks was at that rally. Egging him on. Why the hell is he still seated? He should be expelled along with some of the rest of them. Maybe all of the rest of them. They can send somebody else. Find another cracker. Send him to Washington. Make sure this one doesn't side with traitors. God. Maybe you can tell him I'm kind of pissed off. I am kind of pissed off. And again, you know, I'll say one last time, and then then I'll close this, but um, I'll say one last time. (laughs) I do not fetishize the federal government. I'm very critical of it. But this is just, I mean, if this isn't, if this isn't an attempted overthrow of our government, what the hell is? How long are we going to stand still and watch this? How long are we not going to hold people accountable for this sort of thing? It's just been a constant decline ever since we, ever since Trump became president. I mean, obviously, the decline preceded him, but it's like the presidency is this suit tailored for a much smaller person, and Trump's this big whale who's like stretching the living hell out of it. He's ripped the sleeves off. He's like burst all the seams. He's stretched it out every way you can imagine. So now it's this fat suit. 
And the next dictator that puts it on is going to have plenty of room to maneuver, thanks to Trump. Because everything is precedent. We've seen that before. We've seen Obama use the expanded surveillance powers and sort of um, war fighting powers that that Bush put into into place during the war on terror. We saw him make use of that. We've seen uh, Trump expand on that as well. It's all precedent, and they just build on precedent. We need to hold Trump accountable. We need to hold some of these Republicans accountable, or else this is just going to come back again. And they're not done. The right is planning more events. I believe they're planning something on the 17th and 18th. I believe they're planning to return. Now, they may be met with more force this time, but still, they're coming back. Because they got away with it. Because they were allowed in. That was easy. We're going to do it again. We need to shut them down. And we need to hold their leaders accountable. And their leaders are in the House of Representatives and in the Senate. I'm looking at you, Josh Hawley. I'm looking at you, Ted Cruz. Get the fuck out. (sighs) Okay. God, I feel better now. That's all I got. I'd like to hear what you have to say. You can leave a one-minute voice message if you go to anchor.fm slash strangesound. I'd be glad to hear it. I'd be glad to play it on the show. I'd be glad to respond. I'd be glad to do a Zoom session with you at some point, and we can, you know, this isn't a live show, obviously, uh, but I'd be glad to record that, and we could put it on the show. I'd be glad to turn this into a conversation. Push back, disagree with me, or agree with me, whichever. I can't guarantee I'll play your comments on the show, but I'm, I'd be more inclined to do it than not. So, you know, give it a try. Push back. Um, you can also contact me on Twitter at Strange Sound Pod. At Strange Sound Pod. You can also find other ways to get in touch with me at my main website at big-green.net. Just follow the contact link and be glad to hear from you. (sighs) Wow, what a week. Um, Hopefully next week won't be as much worse as this week was from the week before. (laughs) I hope this isn't a downward spiral, my friends. I hope this coming week is a little bit better, for you at least. And uh, take good care. Be safe. We'll talk to you very soon.